Hey fam, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast episode 200. What is happening, you guys? How, I It just hit me as I went to record. This is episode 200 of Rave Culture Cast, which huge thank you to you guys for getting me to this point, for being here on the journey, whether this is the first episode you're listening to or you've been here for all 200. That is crazy. A huge milestone. Super excited about it. And it's just special timing right now. So I just had to say, this is freaking crazy. If you checked out the title, you know today we are talking all about Shambhala Festival, which has been on my bucket list for a while now. And over the past year or so, it's just really caught my attention. I really want to go in 2024. I'm definitely planning on it. So today I have my girl Ashley Chuck on, who was my virtual assistant for a year and a half. She ran Rave Culture Cast's social media channels, so she was a huge, huge, huge help to me and the podcast, so we got to shout her out. Uh, she is located in the Pacific Northwest, and she did Shambhala Festival last year for the first time, so I have her on here as our festival guide. She is incredible. She's answering all kinds of questions that you need to know to help you prepare. We're talking campgrounds, stages, what to wear, weather, all that good stuff. So we are covering everything you need to know about Shambhala in today's episode. But before we dive into things, guys, I have to give a quick shout out to Lunchbox. And today specifically, I got to talk about the clear packs because if you are not familiar, Lunchbox makes the absolute best anti-theft festival bags. It started with their main stage pack, which is their iconic black pack. I got that back in 2019. I have never had an item stolen from me at a festival since using their bags. Their lines have expanded since then. Now they sell the snack pack, which is their fanny pack, the sling pack, which is a hybrid pack that allows you to carry a water bottle on you. And then now they just released a clear bag line. So the snack pack comes in clear and the hydration pack comes in clear. So they fit most major festival guidelines and also arena guidelines. So the clear snack pack is awesome to bring to like any arena or show or sporting event it doesn't just have to go to you go with you to a festival or a show and then the clear hydration pack is clutch for festivals because my friend brought that with her to Okeechobee and she got through security lines so fast a lot of them didn't even ask her to open her bag because it was clear so that was really helpful with security lines The material it's made of is super, super strong. It also doesn't warp in the sun over time, which is really nice. You can also add your customizable skins on the hydration pack still. So if you want that privacy panel added, so when people are standing behind you, um, you can fully like zip on the skin so it's no longer clear in the back. That's an awesome feature as well. So I'm a huge fan, you guys. You can save money off of the hydration packs at Lunchbox with code CAPOTUS. K-A-P-O-T-E-S will save you $11 off the hydration pack. If you want to go for the snack packs or the sling pack, you can use code Emma K and that will save you $5 off of those bags. So everything will be listed down below. Definitely check them out. Cannot recommend them more to keep your belongings safe at shows and festivals. All right, fam, with all that being said, let's dive into today's episode. We're covering all things Shambhala. It's going to be a good one. And thank you again for being here for 200 episodes, fam. I'm fucking pumped. Let's do it. Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast. Today I am super excited to have on a very dear friend of mine who some of you guys might recognize. Uh, we have Ashley Chuck on who was my VA for about a year and a half. 
uh, who helped me with so many different aspects of my business. She also ran all of Rave Culture Cast's social media platform. So we have her to thank for keeping me sane for a long time. Uh, she's also a raver and an amazing fashion designer based out of Washington State. So I can't believe this is the first time she's coming on the podcast, but I'm super excited to have her here. So welcome, Ash. Oh, thank you. I'm excited. How's it going? It's going great. I'm like super stoked to be talking about Shambhala. I've been thinking about planning for so long. I'm like six months ahead. I got to get on that. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah. And so you've done Shambhala one time now, right? Mm-hmm. Just this past year. Okay. And then can you talk a little bit before we dive into like everything related to Shambhala, which is obviously what today's podcast is about. Talk a little bit about like yourself, your background. I know you just graduated from school. Like let everybody know a little bit about you. Yeah. Um, I'm 22 from Seattle, Washington. I just graduated Western Washington University with a degree in basically holistic health because I made it myself. So it doesn't really have a cute, simple name. (laughs) Um, I love to surf on the Washington coast, which might be surprising to some of you guys, but uh, it's a lot of fun out here. Surfing, sewing, visual art, all of that stuff is like right up my alley. And I also run my own little business and that's where I've worked with you. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I'm just kind of I'm a very flowy person that loves art and just kind of hanging out these yeah. days, just doing my work. I love it. I love that you like created your own uh, like degree too. Cause when you were going through school, I know you took some like really like interesting classes. Do you, did you have a favorite out of everything you took? <laughs> Honestly, the somatics, somatic psychology was probably the most interesting to me and just like It was like everything I needed to finally be like, this is why I don't understand Western medicine. It's just like the body and the (laughs) mind are connected. Whatever's going on up here is going to be happening everywhere else. So Mm. that was probably the most interesting class I took. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, you're just such a creative person in general, like with all aspects of your life. So it makes sense that when you graduated, like you jumped right into to doing your own business. And can you plug before we get started, like plug where people can connect with you as well? Like what are your platforms and everything? Yeah, my I mean, I mainly use Instagram, but you can find me at Sunshine Soul Times. Um, that's like my personal account where you'll see all my fun little rave, rave pictures. Um, and then AEVA.social. If anybody needs an assistant, I am accepting applications. <laughs> Look a girl up. She's fantastic, you guys. Awesome. Well, and, and I know we, I'm, sometimes I'm trying to think the last festival we did that was like Pacific Northwest. Cause like, can you talk a little bit about like rave culture around you as well? Cause I haven't been out there as well. And I know there's like definitely a scene and it seems like more and more festivals are kind of like popping up in your area, but like, how is the rave scene by you? Totally. Yeah, no, the there's a ton of shows in Seattle. And even in my little college town, Bellingham, we have this one place called the Wild Buff where like Champagne Drip and um, oh, what is it? Kill the Noise. Like a bunch of artists would come out there and play, which is a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of like smaller shows. And then Insomniac will put on like uh, the Halloween festivals like Boo at the Wamu mm-hmm. Theater, which has like three stages. It's definitely a smaller scale indoor stay in the hotel festival. But then we also have the Gorge, which mm-hmm. the Gorge, uh, you know, Elenium does his festival there. We've got Beyond Wonderland, Pacific Northwest, Base Canyon is a classic. So I'd say it's pretty big around here. Um, yeah, it's it's growing. That's for sure. 
Definitely. Yeah. I, I was going to say, cause now the beyond wonderland at the gorge too is sick. And I just saw day trip Seattle, which I didn't realize yeah. they had last year. People corrected me. I thought it was totally new for this year, but apparently they had it last year too. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think Catronada headlined last year. I had a couple of friends go to nice. that and Bumbershoot is also a classic inner city Seattle festival. That's kind of transitioned into like, I don't know any of the artists on the lineup. So mm-hmm. I'm honestly not sure what kind of music, but it used to be like, just like mixed multi-genre festival, which was amazing mm. when I went. Nice. And so how often have you dabbled in festivals to the north? Like how have you gone to other Canadian festivals? No, I have not. I know that I think it's called Base Coast is like either right mm-hmm. before or after Shambhala. And um, I grew up actually in the area that Shambhala is. I have a property like probably four hours just like west of it and nice. so um I had no idea that people up there were into um EDM and yeah like, stuff like that because I'm used to just country music when I go up there nice oh my god you yeah, know that's the thing about it like I figured to get started in this guys because you're gonna get like a full outline this is gonna be similar to the Okeechobee episode if you guys watch that one because um if I haven't done a festival I still want to cover it on the podcast and Shambla is one that's like been slowly slowly gaining traction on my radar now it's like a bucket list festival for me I think it's like such a best kept secret um and they just have such a cool organization and like all this stuff behind the festival is really interesting as well and so you know obviously I was working last year with Ashley and she got to go for the first time and it was awesome hearing her story so she's going to share like tons of information for you today Um, but I figured we could start just with some background on the festival. If nobody has any idea, (laughs) if you've never heard of Shambhala before, and this is new to you, um, it takes place every July. So this year it's July 21st through the 24th in Salmo, British Columbia, which I don't, how far of a drive is that from you? From me? Okay. So I think the drive from, um, Bellingham was about seven and a half hours and now I'm a little bit further. So it's going to be like eight and a half, nine hours from Seattle. Okay. And you drove last time, right? You didn't fly. No, I drove. It's, uh, it with camping, it's a lot easier to drive. Facts. Very, very true. Yeah. And so just looking into the background about it a little bit, what, a couple of things I knew beforehand, I knew that this was a dry event, which I think is really interesting. So there is no alcohol sold or present at this event. Like if people sneak it in, that's one thing, but I hear it's very, very, very minimal, but it started as like a grassroots movement. Um, and they really are all about celebrating dance music culture. Um, one thing I thought was interesting on their site is that they do not accept any corporate sponsorships. So they said, you'll, you won't see any like corporate logos or anything like super mainstream like that at the event. Um, and then again, like, I think just being a dry event makes it a much different experience if people aren't going to be drinking alcohol. So you, you can speak to that a little bit later too, later, uh, Ash, but yeah, it kind of just feels like it's been growing every year. The lineups are huge. It's obviously a lot of different dance music subgenres, but it still feels like a small festival on the outside. And like a lot of people haven't fully discovered it yet. And it's such a beautiful setting, they've got this incredible like river that kind of goes through its six stages. So how would you kind of like describe the festival before we dive into it? It's, it's definitely a home environment. Like it is not like any other camping festival where you go, you set up your campsite, you might meet your neighbors, like you will be meeting everyone. The, the community that this festival has cultivated is 
seriously so amazing. And I think that's what made it so great is just like, you felt like you knew everybody there and it was very friendly. And I would, it was funny when I was thinking about thinking, what am I going to say on this podcast tomorrow? And I was like, the, the community aspect is huge. It's definitely like a home. Hence, like people saying like the family, like the farm family. And because a lot of people who go to Shambhala have been going for like 10 plus years. And it's Mm -hmm. like, they are veterans. I met a woman who was pregnant with her first son at Shambhala like 10 years ago. And I was like, no way. But yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful space to be in. And, um, the, the alcohol free thing. I don't know if you want me to talk more about that now, but sure. I would say that was probably the, the best thing for a festival ever was the no alcohol policy. And that's what they'll be looking for when they search people's cars through security. I know that Mm -hmm. we'll be talking about security, but they are looking for alcohol. Um, and the absence of alcohol to me made it just like, the most amazing thing there was nobody getting really wild and crazy in like a way that would be disruptive to others and it it was almost like you could feel the frequency of people mm-hmm. you know it wasn't it wasn't just like oh we're all going to this festival it's like no we're together at this right. festival and we're just like celebrating being here and like being alive and the alcohol i think just the consciousness aspect of the festival mm-hmm. was is very powerful without the alcohol That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. I just feel like, yeah, that's a great way of saying like frequency or just the intentions people have behind the weekend and like, and whatever people want to partake in. I know obviously like if you guys are familiar, like it's definitely a big psychedelic festival, at least from what I've seen on YouTube and heard, but like that's a completely different frequency than people drinking alcohol. So I love that they have that. And then harm reduction is such a big thing with Shambhala too. Like I know, um, I'll link some YouTube videos below that there's a YouTube creator called psyched sub psyched substances. His name's Adam. So entertaining. He's an amazing, um, all his videos are about like drugs and education around them, but he has a ton around Shambla where he's just like talking to people in the crowd. Um, and he also talks to like security, he talks to some cops, he talks to a women's, um, like network where they have like basically like a safe space for women. It's a whole camp at Shambhala there. He talks to the harm reductionists on site. So can you talk, did you have any interaction with anybody like that? Or did you notice like people being safer around their substances? Oh yeah. I mean, even personally, I was like, I, I just want to get this stuff tested mm-hmm. in the harm reduction tent. Like they, they will give you everything that you need and everything that you could possibly, every piece of information that you could possibly need to be safe. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely the number one priority is just making sure that everybody is happy and healthy with whatever they're doing. And so like the sanctuary, I mean, the whole festival grounds area is like one giant sanctuary. So it's Mm -hmm. hard to not feel safe and people are always looking out for each other too, which I think is great. But um, yeah, I believe it's, called anchor is the is the company that that they use but Mm -hmm. um the test tent there it's basically like a little mini facility you can go in get whatever you know uh, materials you need if you need something or you know get your stuff tested and they'll tell you whatever they can about it and they even have all the charts of like 
Mm-hmm. If you mix this and this, it's it's red. Don't do that. If you mix this and this, it's green. It might not be that bad. And mm-hmm. so they offer a ton of resources, which is amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, I love the whole just the whole ethos of this festival. I like fuck with. I don't know. It just seems <laughs> they really know how to take care of the attendees. And again, like just the intentions behind like people going there and why they go there. And I definitely, I want to talk about the community more um, and we can get into maybe the camping aspect first um, or sort of like the preparation to go. So for anyone traveling to this festival, cause you're technically like in, I, you're not necessarily like in the area, but you're on that side <laughs> of uh, the United mm-hmm. States, kind of like going towards Canada and people I'm sure people travel in from all over even though it's probably primarily a lot of people from the area but um any like tips or advice as far as like getting to the festival like transportation options um and then a little bit about what the location itself is like like what can people prepare for with that yeah I mean so transportation it's like it's by car you'll see people on Reddit, um, creating like little carpool groups. And then you'll see people on your way out who are literally hitchhiking for a ride home back to Mm -hmm. wherever they came from. Um, there's only one road in and one road out. It's a, it's a family farm, right? So it's somebody's like giant property. It's not anything like the gorge where that's like, it's meant to be like this big production, like festival grounds. It's Mm -hmm. definitely like I said, kind of a lot more homey. Um, And I know that they do offer, there's like the Spokane airport, the Seattle airport, and then I believe the Kelowna airport in BC is the closest one. And you can, you know, fly in, but then you got to figure out a a way Mm -hmm. to drive there, a way to carpool. I think they, last year, I know that they had shuttles from the airport. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure if they're offering that again, but I know that they fill up quick. And yeah, it's kind of like if you, you know, don't plan ahead, you're going to have a tough time getting there. And Mm -hmm. you're in like, you're in a very rural area of BC. It's a lot of mountains, a lot of trees, wild animals and all that stuff. It's, um, it's very much a sanctuary, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it's about I think it's about 10 minutes outside of the actual town of Salmo, which is a pretty tiny, tiny town. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of like for me personally, with my experience of it is like when I got there, it was like set up camp. Like that's where I lived for the week. There was yeah. no no point in leaving. The reentry fee is $20 a person. So I'm like, why would I pay $20 mm-hmm. every time I wanted to go in and out of the festival yeah. when I could just be here? But right. Yeah, just bring everything. You basically bring everything you eat <laughs> already. Yeah, pretty and you much. did you did GA, but do they offer like what are the different levels of camping? Like can you do RVs and stuff like that? So yeah, I believe that so sunshine camping. So what I did was meta camping, which is technically mm-hmm. like your GA bottom tier. Didn't pay for it. Um I paid for, you know, to park my car in a different lot. Mm-hmm. but basically walked all of my stuff in a little trolley. And mm-hmm. if you do camp meta, make sure to get a trolley with like good sturdy rubber wheels because I had like plastic wheels and it didn't oh, even shit. get me halfway there. <laughs> yeah. I was, oh, no. my friend was like dragging this trolley across all the gravel and dirt oh, no. sweating. And it was, <laughs> it was not pleasant. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but meta is great. It's just like, you know, you were, if you were to go camping with your family, it's in a forest, you might have to clear your area. Um, if there's a lot of like sticks and rocks, the ground is not even, it is 
nature, mm -hmm. right? So they're not going through and making sure that everything's flat. Um, it's, it's up to us to, mm -hmm. you know, find a place where we'll be comfortable. And then I know that they do offer like Shamba lodging. They have a cute little hotel that's like, uh, I think pretty close to it, but there's only 15 rooms available. So it's pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's like Shambhala's hotel. The sunshine camping is where you can camp with your car. So like, I'd say that's pretty typical of most music festivals we see in the States, even at base Canyon, you know, you drive in, mm -hmm. you can set up your camp with your car. Um, and I believe, and that's where you can do like RVs and trailers as in like the sunshine camping area, cool. but be warned it's called sunshine because you will be in the deathly hot sunshine <laughs> all day. And it's not the most comfortable thing. So I actually mm. preferred being in the forest because we had lots of shade helped us cool down. Nice. Um, and then they also offer like these little like yurt tent things mm. um, that is like riverside camping. So you'll be right on the river in your own little cute, own little pre-set up tent with, um, I think they give you like a little bed and stuff like that. But yeah, that's, okay. that's pretty much the camping. And most people end up doing meta or sunshine. Okay, cool. I was going to say, it sounds like it's probably kind of like typical um camping options but I just I know like and like I said in recent years I've just seen it sell out starting to sell out like more and more quickly so I figured for anybody listening like again this year like just go check out all the passes and have a game plan probably going into it with like what you think your budget can afford and and whatnot and then it, it sounds like to your point like most people are probably camping at this festival rather than going like in and out and staying at hotels just based on the location um, so anything other than the wagon that you would say was like an absolute essential to have with you at camp? Yeah, the wagon and, um, couple essentials that all surround water, uh, water vessels. You have to bring your own. Um, they are not going to be selling water bottles. They have water stations. So mm -hmm. I brought, I actually froze six gallon water bottles from like, you nice. know, the grocery store, you can get the gallon ones left those frozen on the drive and kept them in the cooler. I had ice water for like four days, which was awesome. Smart. Yeah. Um, but so water vessels are huge. Any like fans or like spray things, the heat in this area of Canada is insanely extreme. It's very easy to get, you know, like heat stroke or a heat rash. So mm you know, like anything to keep you cool. Um, my favorite mm -hmm. thing, this is my must have is um, on Amazon, you can get these on Amazon, they're cooling rags. It's like these special kind of rags where you just get them wet and they feel really good and cold against your body. And that like mm. helps bring your body temperature down. And that was like, Smart. I think I had like four of those, just one in the tent, one in okay, my yeah. bag, like just anywhere I could get one. <laughs> That's so smart. Is there like, Cause I know like at Okeechobee, we ended up figuring out like they had um, like a yoga tent kind of area. And then like in the village, there ended up being like, a, it was very small, but like kind of like a shaded tree area. And so like literally during the day in the morning, we would just go over there just to get out of the heat. What, like what's going on during the day? Like, is there like a main street? Are there activities and workshops and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, so that, I mean, people are always doing stuff at their own campsites. Um, specifically, I remember there was one man who had like the raw tent set up for anybody who was into cannabis, but 
he was completely naked and I was like, you know what, do your thing. <laughs> like, I'm glad you're comfortable and keeping cool, but yeah, yeah. Going, walking around the festival, like grounds by the stages, there's a ton of art to see. Um, a ton of people doing, hosting little circles, little gatherings and groups um, at the stage, at the Grove stage, they do have like morning yoga and like workshops and uh, fun little things like that. And so, I mean, my days were filled. I felt like I had too much to do and I couldn't get mm-hmm. to all of it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love, I, I just like feel like I'm getting more into that maybe as I get older or just like, I don't know, Okeechobee because I was obviously sober. I was waking up earlier and then that was like really the first time I participated in like the campground activities and stuff like that. And I was like, this is so fun. They have so many cool things going on. And I just feel totally. like with Shambhala, and we didn't even touch on artwork yet, but I could just see them having like really fun, like interactive workshops that you would be able to do. And is the, the whole festival open during the day or just that one like Grove festival that you can go into or Grove stage? Yeah. Like? So the, all the stages will be, the way that this festival is laid out is unlike any that I think we would see here. The speakers are like the, the whole thing at Shambhala is uh, hug the PKs. So the PKs are the kinds of speakers and you can literally Mm. put your back against the speaker and just chill (laughs) there for the day if you want to and like blow your eardrums out. Um, It's a very like opened space. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of places to sit around there. There's a lot of spots to hammock. There's little like nooks and crannies and hangout spots at each stages. Like one of my favorites is the living room stage. They just have a bunch of lampshades and disco balls and they have like a little literal in outdoor like living room mm-hmm. where people just go and chill and just hang out by the river and um so, so there's sick. a ton of ton of spaces to be um even if you don't want to be at your campsite there's a ton of other spaces to be fuck yes i love it before i want to jump into the stages since we're already talking about it but one other question i forgot to ask you because i do remember this last year you were at shambla for such a long time <laughs> so like how early <laughs> Can you get there and check in? Like what day are you arriving and when are you leaving as well? Yeah. So check-in starts like 6 a.m. on Tuesday, the Tuesday before the festival, which is what I did. I or I left on tu- on a Tuesday and got there at like probably like midnight on Tuesday and um, stayed there until Sunday is the last day of music. And so Monday, they give you Monday the whole day to stay there if you want to. Lots of people leave on Monday. But if you are just like, I am brain dead, mm-hmm. I need a place to stay before I can go home. Tuesday, then following Tuesday morning is when they're like, all right, get out of here. You gotta go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So and I think it's well worth spending the week there and just like being in the environment before the festival yeah. starts. So and so did the music start on Wednesday or was there like a pre-party on Wednesday? So yeah, there was a pre-party on Thursday. So music okay. starts on Thursday. So on Wednesday, they will have some of the stage areas closed off as they're like prepping them and mm-hmm. still like getting them ready to open. Um, the house stage, Fractal Forest, they like to kind of keep secret until mm. like the big reveal. Or I know they did last year because I think last year they had like updated it and it was pretty cool. But um, but once everything's open, it's open. You could literally sleep at a stage if you wanted to like mm-hmm. you just post up for the whole day the whole night That's nobody's awesome. gonna kick you out but yeah yeah this is Canadians man they're just so friendly <laughs> like it's got the best <laughs> you didn't even talk about that 
Um, True. In general, like because it is one way in and one way out, did you experience like crazy lines or like waiting on security forever? So yes and no, because technically for me showing up at like 11, 1130 p.m., and waiting three, three and a half hours, that was lucky. Mm -hmm. um, most of the wait times during the day, especially like if you're showing up during the day, they can range from, yeah, like three hours to 12 hours. And you will be sitting in your hot car in the hot, hot sun. So mm -hmm. coming into the festival, just like be prepared to wait um, because security does take a little bit of time. Um, if they're searching people's cars for glass or weapons or anything mm -hmm. like that. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Glass is absolutely not permitted at this festival grounds mm -hmm. whatsoever um, because a lot of people like to walk around naked and barefoot and it's just not safe to have broken glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay, cool. So yeah. if, do you think a lot of people arrive on Wednesday like or Thursday? Like it's kind of just going to be more and more traffic the later you kind of get there. Yeah, the closer to the to, the closer to the actual like festival days that mm -hmm. you come, the wait times will be a lot longer. But people are coming in even on like the second to last day, so there's mm -hmm. always kind of going to be a wait unless you catch them right at the right time. And yeah, but it it'll, still might be it like happens. an hour. Okay, yeah. that's not too bad. And then food wise too, like did you guys bring a lot of your own food or did you buy food the whole time? Like how was that situation? I, yeah, I went to the grocery store and uh, because it was so hot, I'm thinking for this year, I'm like, I'm just going to buy food because as much as I did love my little Lunchables, they were a mm -hmm. little slimy when I nice. was eating them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, um, so I brought like snacks and stuff like that, but the food, the food vendors, they have a ton of stuff and it felt just like being at home. They've got the smoothies. They have like the pasta bar where you can get marinara, Alfredo, nice. mac and cheese, Chicken ten or did they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they had chicken tenders. If they didn't, I hope they do this Who year. That was, yeah. might have been <laughs> right. Uh, their pizza was amazing. They had a bunch of different cuisines, um, even like a little dessert donut stand, and mm. there was there was a ton of different food. Um, if you don't want to, you know, spend the time to figure out coolers and buying food, then or like buying food before you go in, you will be perfectly fine buying food mm -hmm. in the festival and it's for us Americans it is not crazy expensive because that exchange rate is in our favor so that's good to know. every time yeah. you're like oh my gosh like ten dollars and you're like actually that was only seven dollars and fifty cents like yeah <laughs> that, that's not bad at all yeah because even if right? you bring that's what we kind of we did at Okeechobee like I mean if you watch the vlogs I ate a freaking peanut butter and jelly sandwich every single day for breakfast but if you bring like the non-perishable shit that you can just make for one of your meals that like probably helps. And then, yeah, just buying like your lunch or dinner inside, or even if you make friends with your neighbors who are able to like, if they brought cooking utensils and all that and like are willing to share, I feel like that's not that bad. Um, but that's good to know that there's a lot of options and it's not that expensive either. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Let me see if I, any last questions before camping that I want to dive into the festival here. I think it was, Oh, Bathrooms and showers. It's not a rave culture mm. cast episode until we talk about the bathroom situation. Mm -hmm. How was that? Totally. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The <laughs> porta potties were the coolest porta potties I'd ever seen. They're uh -huh. like the Shambhala porta potties. So you'll see people from like Melissa was here uh, 2008. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it's like holy crap, and all these like inspirational quotes and little art pieces that people do when they're yeah. going to the bathroom. But they keep the porta potties uh, 
pretty insanely clean, which, because that's mainly what I used. Um, I, cause I didn't pay for like, I think there's for like the, the Shamba lodging that you can pay for that. I think they have mm-hmm. like those, uh, shower or the bathroom trailers, but, um, porta potty is mainly for in the festival, you're going to get a porta potty. Um, the lines are never really that bad. People are super, you know, in and out and everybody keeps it fairly clean. And mm-hmm. if not, it does get cleaned and emptied. So it's not like a gross hot box that you're yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> and then sense. shower wise, um, I personally did not shower because I had a river right next to me and True. the river was great. If you want to bathe in the river, um, they just ask that you only use like camping biodegradable soaps just to respect the land, mm-hmm. respect the river. We don't need to pollute anything, but they do have showers. Um, keeping in mind that because it does get so freaking hot there, a lot of people are at the showers just to cool off, not mm-hmm. necessarily to actually take a shower. So that calls for some pretty long lines sometimes. But yeah, I also never even tried to get in line for a shower. So yeah, that makes sense. That we're, we're, I mean, it sounds like a lot of people were probably just chilling in the river though anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The river is like a great spot to be, the, the water is ice cold, but it is, it's a nice balance between like the heat of the day mm-hmm. and just like having your feet in the river. It's like, okay, I can cool down. Yeah. And nice. That's nice. Okay. That's all good to know. I'm, I would probably do that too. Cause I feel like you don't, once you're out there, you're like, I don't really need to do this that much anyway. Exactly. Um, and then last question about that. Are there renegade parties? Like how forest has like stuff afterwards, like are people doing stuff like late at night too? So one of my favorite parts about this festival is that kind of when the music winds down, usually like 2 to 3 a.m. until like 11 a.m., like people are sleeping. Everybody is super respectful of everybody else in the area. Like Mm -hmm. it's like everybody's on the same page of like, if we want to have fun tomorrow, everyone needs to be quiet for us to at least sleep six <laughs> hours. So you'll yeah. wake up at like 10 a.m. and you won't hear a sound. It's like dead silent amongst the festival grounds. It's very wow. impressive. Wow. Okay. I kind of like, I love that though, because I'm like on that page. If you, if you do not get sleep or you don't even have the option to sleep, I just feel like that does not make the best experience. So, so no really like crazy loud noises from your neighbors or anything. Yeah, no, not from what I experienced. It, it was pretty much, I, there was one one stage, the living room goes pretty, pretty late, but it's so far from the campsites that mm-hmm. you can't really, you can't hear it. And um, mm-hmm. so if people do want to stay up and party, there's places to be, Yeah, but everybody kind of like winds down, I'd say like 3, 4 nice. a.m. <laughs> See, I appreciate that. There's like, there are some similarities with Okeechobee because that's how it was too. Like they had the jungle 51 stage, which was off on its own. And that went till seven in the morning. So the same thing, like if somebody that's their prerogative, if they want to stay up that late, they have the option. But I just found like the campgrounds were pretty quiet after 3am. And I was so fucking here for that. So I like hats off to them. I respect that a lot. <laughs> totally. um, okay, getting into the festival now. So you mentioned a little bit about about it having like an interesting layout. And I'll have to like pop up the map here for people from last year, because I haven't even really looked at it too much. But like, how big is the festival? Like, how would you go about navigating the different stages? Like, how would you describe the like layout of the stages? The layout of the stages is like, it's so easy. It's honestly a really small area. Um, 
I was trying to think of a comparison, but I don't really know. It's, Mm -hmm. but it's like you walk maybe hundred feet and you could be at the next stage if you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. They're all like the way that they have them positioned. um, The sound bleed isn't that bad, except for in the undercovered area along the like food vendors, that sound bleed might be like the worst thing in the world, just because Mm. you've got almost three stages under one really old cover structure so everything's just vibrating Mm. but when you're at a stage the sound bleed is like you can't hear anything and um but they're all very close together so walking from like the furthest stages apart will be under 10 minutes like if not not, if that even yeah yeah oh my gosh and so talk about your favorite stages there's six stages you've touched on a couple of them uh, yeah. but let's go through them. So the living room, since you touch on that one already, what is the living room about? <laughs> the living room is like your, they do like the, the day party. They're like your, your chill pool party. And I know when I was having not so great of a time, I went to the living room and like mm. chilled out and it was the perfect place. But living room is like, and I'm not really great with genre, genre mm. so you might have to help, but it's like, just like the house music that you could listen to all day. It's just like mm-hmm. super chill. There's no like crazy insane drops. It's just like vibes. I'd say okay. the living room is pure vibes. Um, Love that. Yeah. Nice. And, okay. then, and then bigger stages. What are, what, what would the main stage be? I saw like amp fractal forest. And the, so what's interesting about each of these stages is they're all Um, They all have their own stage director who goes and gets artists themselves. So none of these stages Mm -hmm. are like, they don't plan like, oh, we're going to have this artist at this one and this one at this one. It's like, no, the stage director is in charge of creating their lineup for their stage. Ah, Um, cool. So all of them have different themes and stories, but the main stage just from like talking with people and the one where you'll see like the biggest names, like where I saw Subtronics closey last year was Pagoda. Um, and mm. that's like the first stage you'll see right when you go through the main entrance, it's just on your right. And it's, it's pretty huge. looks like a really cool, like giant house, but that's like, I would mm. say your main stage. Yep. I loved the design of that. Just from watching people's vlogs and videos, I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, they killed it. It was amazing. It Was that the one? Did it have like the projections on it, on the side of it? Yeah, like with, it was like in the windows. It was yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. they were in the windows. And it's cool because um, at that stage, they have a bunch of platforms that you can go up onto. So it's not just like a bunch of people on one level. Mm. Like I just sat on one of the side platforms at the top, like with my feet dangling down and um, it was nice because there was just some variation. People would sit on the stairs. So you could, mm-hmm. you had opportunity to actually see things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Okay, so Pagoda. So what is Fractal Forest? Fractal Forest is is your house forest. It is like the coolest setup with a bunch of like lights and it's very intergalactic. And that's where like Dr. Fresh did his house call records, mm. um, like B2B2B. Yeah, yeah, and saw like corrupt UK there at five in the morning one time, and um, yeah, lots of house house artists are going to be there. So I'm, yeah, I was about to say I think I'm, I don't remember where John Summit was, but I was like he would be perfect at at Fractal that stage. Oh. Yeah, is it like kind of because like when you say forest, like I'm obviously like picturing electric forest as well, and like how they have like all these interactive things. Like, is it like that? Like in between all the stages, there's just like so much shit and like immersive 
art and like all of that throughout like where you're walking around yeah each stage is its own little world like as like it's cute like when you walk into fractal forest there's like some bushes with the sign and then you walk under like a couple of trees and then this whole Mm -hmm. like new world and then um to get to other stages it's like little pathways and then whole new worlds and they're all very yeah very immersive with their with their themes and their storytelling and like the art that they have up on the stages and even the stage setups themselves are very Mm -hmm. very very cool I love it. I love just watching the vlogs because like people, the transformation from day to night just looks so fucking cool. Just how like everything changes. The- I mean, it's like that with every festival, it just like lights up and becomes a different experience. But with like Shambhala, just seeing it at night, I was like, this is has to happen <laughs> at some point. <laughs> totally. Uh, okay. And then the other two, I have the Drove. Is the Drove still a stage? Oh, the Grove. The, the Grove. Grove. I wrote that down wrong. <laughs> Yeah. So the the Grove, I would say, is probably one of the most like interactive. It's like you're in Alice in Wonderland almost. And the Mm -hmm. the Grove is also the spot where like, if you go in from one end of the Grove, it's just like hammocks everywhere. They have a ton of other places to sit. And there's Mm -hmm. a ton of like sculptures and art pieces and little nooks and crannies to look in. Um, So the Grove is super cool. And last year, I didn't spend too much time at the Grove, but I know like this year it's going to be like Miramusa, Hermitude, and Of the Trees is going to be at the Grove this year. And Of the Trees was at the Amp last year. So that's, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what he does for the Grove because the Grove like also that. has like a, a platform area and they play music cool. pretty early in the day. So you can go like have like a an mm-hmm. afternoon like vibe sesh out there and it's a lot Love of fun. Sick. Okay. And then the Amp, what is the Amp? <laughs> The amp is, I think the amp is their oldest stage. And um, the amp is like space based. Like, it's my favorite. <laughs> it's like, like Truth and Schlump and 100 Drums played last year. And it was so amazing. But the amp is just like the vibes. Like, you'll catch me at the amp for sure. It's, right, that's yeah, it's a pretty. It's, it's a simple <laughs> stage, but it's it's pretty great. But the other stage, um, yeah. I don't know if you have village that's the last one I had yeah yeah the village is your dubstep base stage but they I think they just redid the village this past year the village stage is crazy cool it is a pretty (laughs) insane like you feel like you're in some like medieval like forest village and the lighting work that they did with the design is pretty insane but they have that's like the village is dope too because there's giant platform in the middle so you can like be eye to eye with whomever or Mm. they have platforms all the way around and then everything on the ground so last year like when excision played like it filled up but there was still more than enough space you could definitely see with all the platforms and Mm. um yeah it was pretty fun so is it like boiler room style where the dj's in the middle kind of no the the dj's like the castle part so like stage dj but then there's like um, a center section for people to go on to see got it oh that's so sick oh my god i know i was gonna say there's been some very big names and it's one of these lineups that like every time i see it there's like big enough names like people i recognize and like it's just such a cool mix of genres but there's also so many i don't know which is why i like it um and I, i just feel like it's like 
it's kind of like forest where you're going for more than the lineup anyway, but it's got like a cool mix of like house and bass. Like you said, just like just a cool mix of subgenres in between. I feel like would be very vibey to fit this setting. Um, so it just like overall looks like a cool experience. And my last couple of questions here to kind of like wrap everything up, I guess we've talked a little bit about it, but how would you describe the crowd and like the atmosphere of the people who attend Shambhala? This crowd will literally make you never want to go to another festival ever again. Like that's, yeah. I remember coming home last year and being like, I'm good. I think I'm just going to go to Shambhala every year. Like, um, but everybody is super respectful. Looking out for other people is huge. And making new friends was also huge. I made a lot of new friends. I even got invited to an orgy, which was very kind of them, but not my style. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, the crowd is really amazing. There's no issue with like, if you need to get through, people will let you through. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be like, you know, like, not, excuse me is a huge thing. People are very kind. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole intention, I think, of why people go there is really just to for the whole experience, not just for the music. So if you mm-hmm. are like, dead set on being front and center for a set nobody's gonna stop you they're Mm -hmm. they'll probably support you and be like clear the area they need to see this yeah (laughs) oh I mean it seems like just like an incredible obviously like community and people just can handle their shit and are responsible for themselves and looking out for their friends and things like that and then just like I feel like the culture of psychedelics as well just being a huge part of it too or being some part of it I'm sure there's plenty of sober ravers there as well who just enjoy Mm -hmm. the experience but I'm sure that kind of like plays into the crowd. Like, did you ever see anything like crazy shit or not too much (laughs) other than the orgies and naked people? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, it was pretty. I know there was like two smaller incidents um, that happened last year that I won't get into. You can Mm -hmm. look it up on Reddit if you want to look. But I mean, that just goes along with just like knowing your limits and knowing what your body can handle, being aware of what you're putting into your body. Mm-hmm. Um, is huge, but people are really good about taking responsibility for themselves and just, yeah, very, very kind, very kind to people. I love it. Sure. That, that adds to the whole experience for me personally, which is awesome. Um, and then last couple of questions here, I guess, do you, it doesn't sound like it and I, I got to do more research on it, but is there really like a VIP option here? Like, is that a part of it at all or not really like other than just having maybe like elevated camping options? Yeah, no, it's, um, it's a pretty even playing field. There's no like VIP section. It's just like, if you want to be there, you get to be there with everybody mm-hmm. else. Like the, I almost like that they don't do that. Like there's, there will be people up on the stages with like the artist pass, the media passes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no like VIP section. Everybody is very, everybody is an equal there. That's Love for it. sure. And you'll even see, like, I saw like Boogie T walking around, like taking selfies with people by the porta mm-hmm. potties last year. So. Yeah, I, I remember, I forget who it was, but I remember seeing some of the artists. Yeah, just saying like, this is literally one of the coolest fucking festivals I've done. Like, it was just fun to attend. So I could, and like, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere too. So I could see them just like wanting to go around and enjoy everything. But I, I like that they don't have that option so that like you said you're fully immersed in the experience um overall and then I guess like last few things I want to open the floor to you you've been so helpful answering questions but like any memories we didn't touch on like favorite sets you had or just like moments you remember that like made it the best experience overall 
Oh, that's toughy. There's, oh, there's just like literally just getting to wake up. There was such a, such a blessing every morning. But um, I think some of the, some of the memories is just like, a lot of it is just like keeping cool, like keeping Mm -hmm. really cool is going to be important and like, make sure you go and look around at things. People will do like the take one, leave one thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a ton of those every, everywhere, which is a lot of fun. And, um, I wish I could remember like specific stories, but obviously my, my consciousness was a little bit, uh, altered. I love that. Any good sets? Like what was your favorite sets last year? Favorite sets? Schlump was like, because I didn't know that Schlump and LS Dream, like, did a bunch of stuff together. I just, I guess I just don't read Spotify and like who the artists are because you know that LS Dream is <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah. And I was like, no way. They've made like some of my favorite songs together. And I had no idea because my friend was like, yeah, this is Schlump. Like you like Schlump. And I was like, who the hell is Schlump? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think a, a great thing that I did last year was I didn't plan any sets. I was just there to be there. Mm-hmm. And discovering the new artists was amazing. Um, oh, I did want to mention for everyone that's going because the weather is so extreme for like outfits Mm -hmm. I almost personally I wouldn't even try I would just go for bring a couple (laughs) bikinis and a pair of sweatpants and a sweatshirt a pash a hat if you get cold because once it's like once it hits like you know sunset time you have about an hour before the temperature will drop about 20 degrees and it mm. and put with the river next to it, it's pretty cold. You'll wake up damp. Um, mm-hmm. So you wake up damp and then the sun comes out and you're Boiling. sweating already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, I even wore like this, like, um, like short jumps, like braided jumpsuit thing and was like, this is too much, um, like cloth on my body like it was much easier to just wear a bikini because it is just so hot your body will thank you for having okay least amount of clothes on so you need the extremes yeah it's like bathing suit for the day layers layers for at nighttime and if you like to wear makeup um it will melt off yeah good luck your sweat like yeah it's yeah good luck maybe do it at night you have a better chance of it staying on just but you're also gonna get <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah. just you're out there you're in the forest but it is dusty it is very very dusty so masks mm. are helpful um I had so much dust in places I did not know could could collect yeah. dust so good to know yeah no it sounds like I mean these are like the important things that people should know because again like sometimes you can over plan or overpack and stuff like that but I I feel like at any camping festival, I get through the first day and like sometimes I scrap my outfits or like I end up wearing them for a little bit and then I end up just putting on like my jacket or whatever layers. So Mm -hmm. it's like you should have just gone for comfort in the first place. But it's good to know that the temperature changes that drastically. And for you, like, would you go back to your campsite to grab layers or are there lockers or like how easy is it to kind of like get back to your space? Yeah, no. So it's, um, I mean, Shambhala is built on community, right? So like the trust in the community that, you know, you can leave your stuff at your campsite and nobody's going to hurt it, which I didn't have any issues with that, but, Mm -hmm. um, they don't, I don't know if they have walkers, but I honestly, the walk back to the campsite, if you're like in the deep back of Mm -hmm. the campsites, um, maybe 20 minutes max, 
Yeah. But my, the walk from like the furthest stage to my campsite was 15 minutes. Um, that's cause I walk slow and you mm-hmm. know, wear good shoes. Cause it's, it's a terrain. It's not flat. You are Very in true. the forest. <laughs> true, true, true. Sweet. Okay. I feel like we covered a lot. This is kind of, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I would need to know for this festival, but it, it sounds like kind of preparing for your typical camping festival. And then it's up to you, like depending on if you're flying in or driving in, like how much you want to bring with you to cut costs and like save budget wise versus like what you're going to buy at the festival. But overall, like just in general, the vibes of this seem immaculate. You confirmed that for me and it just seems like the community is incredible. So will you be back this year? You're going to wait and see. Yeah, I, that's the plan. I mean, it's it's the only festival I have plans for probably for the next 10 years, unless I'm really compelled <laughs> to go to another one. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's the one that's on my list. I, I cannot wait to go back and just like, I can't wait to like see people I met last year and be like, oh my gosh. Like, Yeah. And you make so many friends out. That's so cool. Was it easy to find your tent? Like, did you mark it with anything like lights or something like that? Uh, it's nice because for like Meta they ha- and for Sunshine, e- even though they're big camping areas, they have them in like little sections. So I was in the Meta jackfruit section. So I mm. looked at the little jackfruit sign and then kind of just like memorized like, okay, I take this little mm-hmm. turn here. There is going to be a blue tent. Mine's right behind it. Got it. Okay. So that's not too bad. Sweet. And then you yeah. said you left. Did you leave on Tuesday or you left on Monday? Um, I left on Monday morning, but I drove to a hotel about an hour out to mm-hmm. sleep in a real bed. Nice. Before making the rest of the seven hour drive back to me. That was probably smart. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good Highly idea. recommend sleeping before you travel. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think if that's everything you've got this, I think this was awesome. And I'm definitely going to include a bunch of clips and find some photos and videos like throughout this. Um, But again, can you plug where everybody can connect with you if they want to say hi or ask any follow-up questions? Yes. At Sunshine Soul Times, like your soul, S-O-U-L. And oh, dropped my earphone <laughs> and dot social. if you need any work with your business I am here to help as a little assistant <laughs> hell yes all right Ash hang tight everybody else you guys know the drill thank you so much for listening and watching today's episode uh, you can connect with us at rave culture cast on all of the platforms we have an amazing Facebook group community and a Discord as well if you guys want to join. Um, and again, if you enjoyed these episodes, best way to support it is just tell a friend, share a link, um, any of that stuff that's totally free to do um, helps a ton. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, please subscribe if you guys aren't already. Go show Ash some love and support and we will see you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.